This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan. And together we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today we're staying right here in Portland, talking about one of the best urban forest lands, not just in Portland, not just in Oregon or the U.S., but in the world. And Jamie, that high praise, of course, is heaped upon the incomparable Forest Park. That's right, Jim. Forest Park is an absolute gem of a park. Maybe we are a little biased being Portlanders and loving our local park so much, but When you talk to Forest Park regulars, you really can hear a certain reverence in their voice about it. And I mean, it's certainly understandable. I mean, this is a 5,200-acre urban forest with more than 80 miles of trails, stretching almost eight miles across northwest Portland. It's also home to the famed Wildwood Trail, which runs 30.2 miles through the park and beyond. Jim, I... I'm pretty sure you're familiar with that one, (laughs) if I remember. (laughs) Oh, yes, I am. A couple of Novembers ago, set off for an episode of the Peak Northwest video series and ran, walked, hobbled all 30.2 miles of the trail. And Jamie had an excellent experience. I love Forest Park. In fact, I was up in Forest Park earlier today on a trail run and find it to be a really uh, good spot as I'm sure we will get into for kind of that quick escape when you're not looking to, you know, launch a full half day on something, you're not really looking to leave the city, but you still want to get active. Uh, Forest Park is like that clutch that you always know is going to be there ready for you should you need uh, a couple of hours of uh, time in the woods. Yeah, Forest Park, as you said, is an absolutely beautiful spot. But here's the catch. Mm -hmm. It's also a pretty difficult park to navigate. There's no centralized parking lot or like big visitor center. To get there, you have to find a parking spot at one of the nearly two dozen side of the road trailhead parking areas. Public transportation is an option for some of the trails. But most of the time you're competing with other people in their cars for one of the very few parking spots just to get into the park. And that's not to mention the difficulty of actually navigating the trails once you're in the park. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, we do have the benefit of, in some spots, kind of having little you are here style placards. Uh, but I, I will admit to, you know, uh, being kind of the like confused wanderer on his phone, trying to like kind of zoom in, see what Google Maps has to say about this, like your standard what you should not do in the wilderness kind of thing, Jamie. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, yeah, it, it can be a difficult place to navigate if you don't kind of go in with a a clear plan of what it is you actually want to do that day. All that said, of course, Forest Park is is great. And, um, you know, I think it's a place that every Portlander should check out at least once, um, many times. Um, there's plenty to explore there. It's really one of the best outdoor recreation areas in the city and, frankly, in the state as well, as long as you know how to access and navigate it. So earlier this month, I published a story called Forest Park Unraveled, which the idea was to help people do just that, access and navigate Forest Park. Yeah. So, Jamie, you've already kind of hit the nail on the head here. Forest Park is so big. Is there kind of a way to break it up for listeners kind of uh, into a way that's maybe a little bit more manageable here? Yeah. You know, the people who manage Forest Park, which is Portland Parks and Recreation Department, as well as the Forest Park Conservancy, what they do is they break Forest Park into three units, um, which I found is a really sort of convenient, easier way to understand it. So you can think of the, the southern unit of Forest Park as sort of that most popular one. That's mm-hmm. That runs from basically West Burnside Road um, along the Wildwood Trail up to uh, the trail. It's called Fire Lane 1. And that encompasses, you know, all the big stuff, the Stonehouse, Piddick Mansion, Portland Audubon Sanctuary, um, Lower McLehee Park. There's all kinds of stuff in there. That's kind of like the the tourist spot, most popular destination. Moving up, you have the central unit, which runs from that fire lane one up to Northwest Germantown Road, which is the road that kind of runs through the middle of Forest Park. Um, that's where you got the Leaf Erickson Drive Trail. Um, the Maple Trail is a good one. And that great viewpoint overlooking the St. John's Bridge. Mm-hmm. So that's a really popular spot for cyclists, hikers, runners. There's a ton of branching trails out there. So you can really spend a lot of time hiking around the central unit. And then the northern unit runs from Germantown Road all the way up to Newberry Road, which is the northern boundary of the park. And that's kind of the more remote unit of the park. So if you're looking for more solitude, more quiet, trying to get away from those crowds that you see down there um, over by the Stonehouse, the northern unit is a spot for you. Uh, There aren't quite as many trails because that area is left alone a little bit more to be a bit more wild. But I was hiking there this spring and I just found... um, just rows and rows of trillium flowers, some really nice, quiet, forested trails, um, and some great viewpoints overlooking North Portland with some mountain views out there on the horizon. So that's kind of one way to look at it. You know, which unit do you want to go into? Which part of Forest Park do you want to visit? And that's determined by, you know, what kind of experience you're looking to have and what you're looking to do there. And also where you live in the region and how Mm -hmm. far you want to travel to get there, right? So, we were talking uh, before we hit record here today. Jamie, you live in North Portland, so it's a very easy jaunt across the St. John's Bridge to kind of take your pick of the northern and central units. Uh, am I wrong there? Yeah, that's exactly right. It, you know, it's it's a good 15 minutes for me to get up to those northern trailheads. But Jim, as you were saying, for you, um, living a little bit farther away, that's a bit more of a commitment. A little bit more of a commitment. You know, for me, if I'm uh, just kind of sticking around town for 
let's say the morning or kind of an afternoon getaway, something like that. I really enjoy some of the trailheads kind of uh, off of, let's say, um, kind of in the West Hills area. But, uh, you know, it can be a little bit of a lengthy drive to get up there. You know, I, I live in uh, kind of the Rose City Park area of Portland and maybe don't want to travel, uh, you know, 25 plus minutes uh, via car to get up there to go on a run, go for a hike, whatnot. I tend to pick uh, trailheads you know, a lot of them kind of off US 30. And where I went this morning was the lower McClay trailhead, um, kind of tucked in the uh, Northwest Portland area, which is, of course, a very popular place. But yeah, you can pick what you want based on uh, maybe the kind of experience you want to have, how far you want to travel, so on and so forth. So I guess that all loops around, Jamie, to another way to kind of break up the park, make it a little bit more manageable potentially in kind of the mind's eye is picking what kind of what trailhead you want to go to. So what should people expect in that regard? Yeah, that that's kind of the big question we were talking about accessing Forest Park is what are these trailheads going to look like? And really importantly right now, is there going to be enough room for me to find a spot? Because like we said, it's not like say, going to Powell Butte, where there's a big parking lot, you can fit dozens of cars. These are usually individual trailheads that fit maybe six, maybe 12 cars a piece. And there are, I want to say about 20, 24 of these trailheads that are kind of scattered all over the park. So, I mean, it's really, it's really difficult to know exactly what you're going to find when you go out there. Of course, you know that there are certain days that are busier than others. So, you know, weekend mornings, good luck trying to find a spot. Um, weekdays are a little bit easier. I found luck finding parking spaces when I've been going out um, on weekday mornings um, or a little bit later in the day. Uh, that's been easier. Uh, but you, there's a great uh, map that I have um, linked in my story and that you can find in the Forest Park Conservancy's website as well that shows a map of most of the Forest Park trailheads. And you can kind of see where they're clustered. So like we said, that southern unit being the most popular area, there's a bunch of trailheads there kind of around the Portland Audubon Society off of Cornell Road and off of Northwest 53rd. A bunch of little trailheads where if you go to one and it's full, you can kind of go to the next one. If that's full, you can go to the next one. So it gives you some opportunities to find a spot there. Jim, you mentioned there are some places along the um, US 30. I, I I find those to be a little bit more difficult just because there are so few of them. Um, and also they tend to be a little bit smaller. There's a good one in Linton that is not on the Forest Park Conservancy's map. That is a, a nice uh, trailhead over by a bus stop there with a little mm-hmm. bit of room to park. Um, and then, you know, but if you're headed to sort of the central unit, that Germantown Road, there's a pair of trailheads there that are really popular. One for the Wildwood Trail and one for the Leaf Erickson Drive Trail. And those are a bit larger trailheads and that you can access either the northern or the central unit from. So if you're just looking to pop in, see a spot and have a more of a better shot of getting a spot, I check out those Germantown Road trailheads or check out that big series of trailheads down in the southern unit along Cornell and 53rd. And also abide by kind of the rules or guidelines or at least ideas that we've talked about here on the podcast before of uh, you know, hey, if you want to go to this really popular spot, right, that is literally inside part of an urban center, maybe go at an odd hour, maybe pick a place that you know might be a little less traveled, or go when it's busy and just be prepared to kind of 
maybe wait your turn for a parking spot or uh, do the perennial drive around shuffle and wait for somebody to leave. There, There is a lot of shoulder parking here too on these roads. There are some trailheads where that is the only kind of parking you have is shoulder parking. So typically when we talk about going to places in the gorge or Mount Hood, we always say, hey, avoid parking in the shoulder. That's super dangerous. They don't want you to do that. Forest Park, it seems to be a little bit different of a story. I mean, obviously, do not park anywhere where there is not room for you to park. Um, you want to make sure you have a nice wide shoulder where clearly other cars are parking. And that is clearly a spot where you are going to have the space to safely get in and out of your vehicle and you're not blocking any, you know, driveways or emergency uh, gates or anything like that. But just be prepared that there is going to be some shoulder parking at some of these places that, you know, that's the only way you, you can park up there. The good news, though, once you have secured yourself a spot, there is a lot to see inside the park. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. of course, a lot of, I mean, it's in the name, a lot of just really pretty forest, you know, some creeks, uh, some wildlife, uh, and of course, the, the structures and trails themselves. So you've got the Wildwood Trail which is an icon, uh, over 30 miles of trail inside a city. I mean, that is remarkable in and of itself. You have the stone house, Jamie, which you mentioned before. I went right past that this morning. Uh, you've got Piddock mansion. You've got the Portland Audubon society, so much good stuff packed into, you know, what's a a big area for an urban park, but, uh, you know, geographically speaking, uh, lots of cool stuff in, you know, a reasonably condensed spot. Yeah, Jim, in so many of these long snaking trails that all kind of intersect and crisscross, it really makes it so you can go into Forest Park and choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. You can go different ways, different days, take different loops using combinations of trails you've never been on. You can jump off the Wildwood Trail onto the Leaf Erickson Trail, off onto the Maple Trail or the Birch Trail or whatever the case may be, and really make new, different, interesting hikes for yourself in this area. So it can always kind of stay fresh. And the beautiful thing too about a forest is that it's always growing. It's always changing. So you, when you visit in different seasons, that makes it different. You know, visiting year after year, you start to see the forest grow and change and evolve. You know, we could get into a whole episode just about the history of Forest Park, which is fascinating. But kind of the short of it is that it was heavily logs back in Portland's early days. So most of this is sort of newer forest over the last century or so that is starting to come up. So there are some sections of Forest Park where you can find that old growth that you're looking for, that really nice, dense, big Douglas firs. And there are some areas that are really fresh, a lot younger. I mean, if you think about the the trees that are in Forest Park, the majority of them are not Douglas firs or not evergreens, but they're actually maple trees. So in the fall and the spring, you get these really beautiful stands of maple trees that bloom and they glow green. You know, it's a really beautiful time to experience that. So all this to say, there's so much variety in Forest Park that if you, no matter what time of year you go, no matter when you go, if you've been to a same spot before, you're always going to find something new and always going to find something interesting. Well, Jamie, speaking of new and interesting, we are going to talk about a number of different trails that maybe are some of your favorites, some trails we'd like to highlight. But first, we're going to take a short break. All 
All right, folks, we are back talking about the wonders of the beautiful Forest Park here in Portland. Jamie recently spent a good amount of time in the park doing some reporting for a story that he published last week called Forest Park Unraveled that makes a large park a little bit easier to track, a little bit easier to figure out what you want to do, a very good user guide in the event that folks want to check it out. We will, of course, leave a link in the show notes. But Jamie, during the course of your reporting, and of course, just more generally, you have set aside some of your favorite forest park hikes. So let's start in the south unit of the park then, perhaps the busiest unit. What do you got for us, Jamie? Yeah, I mean, you can't talk about what are the good hikes in Forest Park without talking about the Lower McClay to Piddock Mansion hike. This is Portland hiking at its finest. This is the place that when people come to visit town, that's the hike they do. It is for good reason, I think, that it is so popular. So this leaves Lower McClay Park in northwest Portland, and it travels along Balch Creek, and passes the Stone House, and then it heads to the Wildwood Trail. And the Wildwood Trail leads it uphill past the uh, little side trail to the Portland Audubon Society's Wildlife Sanctuary um, and then continues on the Wildwood Trail uphill up to Piddock Mansion, which is a great old mansion that if you have the time to take a look inside, they just reopened to um, timed entry during the uh, pandemic. Um, but the views from Piddock Mansion, I think, is what most people go there to see. From that hilltop, you have just these phenomenal views overlooking Portland with Mount Hood in the background. Uh, if you're a photographer, you like getting those those big sweeping landscapes. That is such an awesome spot. So you can do that and hike yourself back down in just about six miles out and back. So that's a, you know, a, a moderate hike. It, it goes uphill for a while, so you get a little bit of a hike in there. Um, but it's not so intense that it's going to be difficult for everyone to do. It's not going to break your legs off, but it'll definitely give you a little bit of a good workout in. Don't want legs broken off. That no. that That is uh, <laughs> not good time in the park. Uh, and yeah, trying to avoid that at all costs. Um, one, I have not done this, Jamie, but I'm sure you have seen plenty of amazing sunrise photos from Piddock Mansion. Have you not? Absolutely. And anytime you get sort of that low lying fog in Portland, oh, yeah. you know, there's a photographer up there getting that picture for sure. So just to throw it out there for any early birds among us, any folks who want to get in a little dose of uh, the outdoors before they head off to work at their nine to five high time to go for a little sunrise jaunt from the Lower McClay, Lower McClay, however I'm supposed to pronounce that, trailhead up to Piddock Mansion for a little sunrise action before you get back down, showered up into your desk at a reasonable hour. That sounds like a heck of an ordeal. Uh, and one that, while I haven't done it, I would, uh, dare I say, I feel like I can recommend that without doing it myself. <laughs> totally. Well, Jim, I want to move up for our second hike up into the central unit. And this is going to go to one of my favorite spots in, in Forest Park, which is the viewpoint overlooking the St. John's Bridge. Oh, yes. So, I, I mean, the most beautiful bridge in Portland. I feel safe in saying that. Um, and a, a great viewpoint from a beautiful park. You really can't beat that. 
So the, the St. John's Bridge viewpoint is located just near the Ridge Trail trailhead, which is found just on the west side of the St. John's Bridge. So if you're walking across the bridge, easy enough, you know, there's a, a, a crosswalk there, you cross over, take a little staircase up, and there's the viewpoint. But if you're driving over there, this is where the, the, the area gets tricky. The only place to park near the Ridge Trail trailhead is this little pullout just south of the St. John's trailhead on that side. And it can only hold like six cars, maybe seven or eight, depending on how people park or how small their cars are. And then once you park, you have to kind of walk along this narrow gravel shoulder of the road to get up to that staircase. It's really not ideal. So what I like to do is uh, make the hike a little bit longer and use that St. John's Bridge viewpoint as sort of the reward at the end. So instead of parking at that weird little pullout, instead you go down to Germantown Road, like we were talking about before, and you can park at the Leif Erikson Germantown Road trailhead. And this is at the sort of the upper terminus of the Leif Erikson Drive uh, Trail, which is the very end of it. And from there, you can hike about 2.8 miles or so to the Ridge Trail, and you turn left and walk downhill there, and in a half mile, boom, you're at the St. John's Bridge Viewpoint. So all of this makes about a six, six and a half mile day. And it's a really, really nice walk along that Leif Erikson drive trail. Yeah, I mean, Leif is kind of your standard, uh, a little bit more easygoing of an amble on its own too. You know, no matter where you access that trail, if you're looking for just kind of that dose of nature without maybe some of the up and down that some of the side trails, the other trails uh, tend to offer, Leif, I, I think, Jamie, is a pretty good bet any time of year. I would tend to agree, Jim. And, you know, it's an interesting trail, too, in that it was a, originally constructed as a road back when Forest Park was slated for de, for housing developments. They built, um, I don't think it was called Leif Erickson at the time, but they had built that road to access the housing developments. And uh, before they could do any construction, a big winter landslide came through, blocked access to the road, and... All the people who had bought plots decided just to sell them and forget about it. So Leif Erikson Road was left over as this sort of remnant of the time when Forest Park was not a forest park, but just a nice place for people to build houses. The more you know, Jamie. Uh, before we move on here, I want to uh, shout out one kind of additionally good option, um, which is parking at the Lower Saltzman Road Trailhead. So that's off uh, US 30 and uh, doing, Jamie, a trail that I really enjoy, the Maple Trail. Have you been up there at all? Oh, I love the Maple Trail. We were talking about those maple trees earlier. The Maple Trail is the spot naturally where you can see a ton of those. It's a beautiful, beautiful hike. Yeah. So, you know, again, you can kind of uh, choose your own adventure in terms of what you want to access once you have gotten uh, into the park. But uh, the Maple Trail itself is like three and a half miles long, and it works really well as part of a loop hike with the Wildwood Trail. Um, as I said, starting at the Seltzman Road Trailhead and using the Saltzman Road Trail and Leif Erikson Drive uh, to complete the hike. Yeah, that's a spectacular area. I've always wanted to go there in the fall when those maples start turning color. I bet that's just a beautiful, beautiful time. Yes, this is, a, I believe, maybe I had hiked, uh, been on the uh, Maple Trail previously, but I kind of either introduced myself to it for the first time or reintroduced myself to it 
this year. I believe it was this year, definitely in the last several months and have really enjoyed it, have been on it a couple of times, a few times, really do enjoy it and uh, would highly recommend it. So that said, Jamie, on to the North Unit. What do you got? Yeah, Jim, like we said, there are fewer trails in the North Unit, but I really like this one. Um, This is uh, the Skyline Boulevard to Fire Lane 12 hike. So it's about a 6.2 mile out and back hike. That's what I did anyway. Uh, obviously, there's some more options there if you want to make it shorter or a little bit longer. But this takes you basically um, side to side in the park from a trailhead along Skyline Boulevard at Fire Lane 15, um, all the way out to a little residential trailhead uh, on Fire Lane 12 that's closer to US 30. And it kind of loops through a bunch of other really nice trails in there. There's an option to um, break off to this place called Keelhorn Meadow, which if you're looking for, for whatever reason, a small grassy meadow. There's one there for you. Um, it takes on the Wildwood Trail for a little bit and uh, goes along the BPA Road, which is this trail that kind of goes underneath the power lines there, which is really popular for a lot of folks. Um, but this is just a really nice, quiet, remote hike. Uh, you know, it might get a little busier on the weekends. I was there on, you know, uh, I think it was a Thursday afternoon. So it was pretty quiet. But that, that hike along Fire Lane 12 was really, really nice. Like I said, it was just popping with trilliums when I was out there, beautiful little white flowers. And it was just a, a really nice break from a lot of the crowds you see over there at Lower McClay or other parts of the park. So if you, you know, live closer to that area, um, or if you're just looking to get to a different part of Forest Park, a quieter part, this is a really great place to do that. And a diversity of landscape too. You know, we talked earlier about how you can pick your own adventure depending on what type of landscape you're looking for, what kind of experience you're seeking, how far you want to travel. It's simply a different feel in that part of the park than it is uh, maybe in the central or south units. So the good news is that there are trail combinations to explore, you know, geez, well beyond what you and I have done, Jamie. Uh, I feel like you could walk around Forest Park um, for quite some time and find something new continually. All of that said, too, the park is a great place, of course, for hiking, as we've discussed, but also a really good spot for running, biking, bird watching. Uh, you even referenced horseback riding, though I, I can, I think, say with confidence, I have never seen a horse in Forest Park. <laughs> you know, basically I've seen anything, evidence of horses. I'll you, say that. You have seen evidence of horses? Evidence of horses. Okay. Yes. All right. No horses themselves, but perhaps some footprints, hoof prints, if you will. Um, but this is a, a place where if you want to ride your bike down Leif Erikson, uh, if you want to get a run up one of the fire lanes, you can do that as well. Yeah, Jim, that's, again, one of kind of the, the beautiful things about this park is there's so much to do there. And there's different ways that people are, you know, utilizing this. Um, you know, it's really a natural resource in a way that we don't typically think about natural resources, which is it's not something where we extract any trees um, or any, you know, stone or anything from it, but it's a place where we can find, you know, physical health, emotional health, spiritual health. We can really, uh, utilize it as a place for all of those properties. And I think that that's kind of the beautiful thing about it. We don't have to, you know, get in the car and drive three hours or an hour and a half mm-hmm. out into the gorge or wherever to find these, this natural beauty. We can find this beautiful forest right here in Portland and. You know, even though we talked a lot about how it's really difficult to access by car, 
Uh, the Forest Park Conservancy told me that's something they're trying to work on. That doesn't mean they're going to make the trailheads any bigger. In fact, they said that's really not the the point at all. But what they want to do is add more accessibility via public transportation. And they've talked about bringing in an in-park shuttle to help people mm. go from one part of the park to the other, which for those who are doing longer hikes, like if you want to do the entire Leif Erikson Trail, but you only have one car, how great would it be to you know, park on one side, grab a shuttle at the other end and take it back to your car? Because what a lot of people do is they bring two cars for that, and that just clogs up the parking spaces even more. So there's a lot of ideas in the works right now about making Forest Park more accessible. And Jim, I just have to think that moving into the future, that's just going to be way more beneficial for more people in the city. I know I'd be stoked on a shuttle system of some sort because, uh, you know, let's let's face it, doing a, a, a loop hike or an out and back hike or run or bike to come back to where you started is great, you know all about that but doing an end-to-end hike bike ride run uh you name it that's pretty cool too and you can cover a lot of fresh ground and feel like you're going somewhere in in maybe a little bit different of a way so i uh i don't think it's editorializing too much to say i think that would be pretty darn cool absolutely and jim one more thing i wanted to point out too that the forest park conservancy had talked to me about One of the things that they're looking at as well is how to make sure that more people feel comfortable in Forest Park, because not everyone is necessarily comfortable being out in what's essentially a wilderness area Mm -hmm. um, in the middle of a city. You know, I've talked to a lot of people who are saying, you know, sure, like a lot of maybe white men feel more comfortable in the trails, but people who um, are people of color or women or people who just don't feel comfortable out in those areas for whatever reason have expressed that discomfort out there. And that's something that the Forest Park Conservancy is actively looking into. How do we make sure that everybody out there can feel comfortable while they're in Forest Park? You know, how can we bring more people into this area? Because their goal is to have a larger, broader, more diverse constituency of people who utilizes and loves the trail and in the future will take care of it. And that's very important work, uh, Jamie, of course, uh, today, uh, tomorrow, and always. So uh, thank you for making note of that here as we wrap up the show. Um, But Jamie, in addition to everything we've discussed, and of course, what information is included in your uh, story about Forest Park on Oregon Live and in the Oregonian, um, where can folks find maps and more information about where to go and what to do in Forest Park? Yeah, Jim, uh, the Forest Park Conservancy is a great resource. If you go to forestparkconservancy.org, you can find maps, directions, um, that trailhead map that we talked about. Um, they also have paper maps available, and you can find paper maps of Forest Park at some local retailers. Um, I'm sure Powell's, for example, sells those. And there's also a, um, a Forest Park app that is currently uh, not available. They're updating it right now, but it should just be a temporary uh, issue. But when that app is live, that is a good option as well. And that app is called uh, Forest Park PDX. So all of those options are great places if you are looking for more specific information about trails, trailheads, anything about Forest Park. You've got it, Jamie. Tons of good resources. And uh, we will make sure to uh, drop a link to the Forest Park Conservancy's website in the show notes of this episode. 
And folks, until next time here on the show, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel. Please leave us a rating or a review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details, of course, at OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show was produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Elliot Noose. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.